The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. And hello again, wrestling fans. Welcome to another edition of This Week in History on the Scumbags Wrestling Podcasting Network. We are looking at July 1st to the 7th. I know we're uh, behind because we're already in August, but, you know, rib fests happening, uh, different events for Hammerlock Beer Wrestling have happened. COVID hit both of us at different times, and so we're just trying to catch up on everything. I think uh, I talked to Jonesy just a little bit ago before I bring him in uh, to the show that uh, we might skip through uh, some of the July uh, stuff that we're behind on. Catch up on what we're needing to do on the current weeks and then go back and do some lost episodes uh, just to make sure we don't miss uh, the history that happened in the month of July uh, for pro wrestling. So we will make sure everything is covered, but I think we also want to make sure we're up to date after this episode. so, yeah, thank you for joining us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your podcasts from. We are part of the Johnners Podcasting Network, the Ontario Independent Podcasting Network here in Ontario, Canada, and we're available on all your uh, podcast outlets. And once again, thank you to Hammerlock Pure Wrestling, bringing back the golden age of pro wrestling as being one of our sponsors, as being part of management. I want to make sure you guys know about it. We are going to be in Elmer, Ontario on August 20th for another great card. And then we're doing two shows in October, one in St. Thomas and one in Strathroy. A huge Halloween show. You don't want to miss it. Go to hammerlockpurewrestling.com for more information and to buy your tickets. Now that's taken care of. I'm going to bring in Jonesy, see how things are, and we'll hit our list how are you today jonesy i'm doing good uh recovering from covid uh i tested negative so i decided to go down to the london rib fest and i came back too soon and i had to come back because after two days i was dead <laughs> yeah i understand we're still uh trying to gain your uh strength back momentum and uh be back one with the world um yeah you were telling me about uh, being able to go for a lovely drive uh the driving's going well for you and uh hopefully that continues and you get your full license and now that the the festival season's kind of over for at least london um now it's time to look forward to next year and uh i'm sure at some point we'll uh try to get people's help. Uh, we are trying to get wrestling in somewhere, whether it's Victoria Park or Harris Park, um, but the city is a little not sure about it. So uh, we need people to um, kind of tell the city of London that it's time to let something like that into the parks. Yeah, for sure. And uh, well, you got the outlet with uh, Hammerlock Pure Wrestling. And if they have any concerns about uh, the violence aspect of it, and the uh, violence against women, we are totally against uh, that sort of thing. So uh, we definitely present a more old school uh, sort of vibe that maybe the city would be uh, more willing to look at when it's presented as an athletic competition over the Cirque du Soleil uh, that other uh, companies put out. As fans and promoters of wrestling know that unfortunately a lot of people cities 
and groups and that um, still have this odd look at wrestling. Um, roller derby is another one that they just won't allow, but uh, we are working on that because, hey, in Victoria Park, there's a skate park. It's classified as a skate park as well. Yeah. And the fact that they won't allow something like roller derby, it's and it's because uh, it is because of some feel that it's sexist, which it is not. In fact, yeah. I think the women, the women, at least uh, definitely in Ontario, there's a lot more women leagues that uh, there's very few men leagues as far as I know. Yeah, I uh, know my partner uh, with Hammerlock, Adam, and his wife uh, used to put together that up north. Um, nice and run uh, roller derby. So yeah, um, speaking of other uh, ventures, I also, though, I'm doing my first outside of Hammerlock paid gig with uh, Sarnia and Cam Valley Wrestling happening this Saturday uh, in the evening and uh, got hired uh, to do be the voice uh, for their uh, show uh, coming this Saturday. And Smash Wrestling returns to action after two and a half years of layoff here in London at the music hall on Sunday. So tons of wrestling happening, support independent wrestling, wherever you get it, whether it's uh, us at Hammerlock or Ken Valley smash and everywhere else uh, that's going on in Ontario. Now that we've done a whole bunch of plugs and yeah. getting that out of the way, we are at the seven minute mark. Holy man. But that's okay. we are, I'll get her in in an hour. That's all good. We're going to talk about a couple things, including our spotlights on uh, Barry Windham. And as people see on the screen, Bertley Hitman Hart wearing the same jersey as I am. That's why I'm wearing it today, because we got a huge spotlight on Bret Hart. It took two slides just to tell all of Bret Hart's stuff. But let's dive into the headlines, starting with July. Okay, so July 1st. 31 years ago, uh, June 30th, 1991, NWA and WCW World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair leaves. Um, actually, sorry, we're starting with June 30th. Um, leaves WCW after he and the company came to an, impo an impo impasse that's better, on a new contract. Jim Hurd, the executive vice president of WCW at the time, and Ric Flair did not get along and couldn't agree on a contract and Hurd. Uh, wanted Luger as the champion, where Flair promised it the belt, the sting, yada, yada, yada. Flair would leave uh, the NWA WCW championship belt he paid for and ended up having quite the run with the WWF. Yeah, there was also talk that uh, Jim Hurd, the guy who uh, brought everybody uh, pizza, uh, basically wanted Ric Flair to put an earring in his ear and have his hair cut short. Which was totally uh, against per Ric Flair. personally, I think that should have been Ric Flair's last match uh, being announced as Spartacus. Twenty years ago, uh, July first, two thousand and two, on Raw from Manchester, New Hampshire, the Undertaker defeated Jeff Hardy in a ladder match to retain the undisputed WWE Championship. This would be the match of the decade at the Raw tenth anniversary special in two thousand and three, and the fifth best match on Raw one thousand. 13 years ago, July 1st, 2009, extreme pro wrestling owner Rob Zakiri, a.k.a. Rob Black, and his wife Janet Romano, a.k.a. Lizzie Borden, 
were sentenced to a year and a day in federal prison and two years of supervised probation for the role in a conspiracy to distribute obscene materials. The video in question had uh, simulated rape scenes and was profiled on the PBS show Frontline. <laughs> 21 years ago, July 2nd, 2001, WWF presented the first WCW match since it shut down back in March on Raw's War from Tacoma, Washington. And what was the show's main event? Booker T defeated Buff Bagwell via DQ to retain the WCW World Heavyweight Belt. The match received many boos and chants of boring, and this match sucks, as both Booker and Buff were already out of gas short into the match. The match received huge cheers uh, when heels at the time, Austin and Engel, would beat down Booker T. This uh, would be Bagel's only match on Raw, as he would be fired one week later. Yeah, um, Buff Bagwell just recently resurfaced a slight bit online. Um, he looks like a weatherman now, or a game show host. Clean shaven, and he's grew his hair a, a slight bit, and has that little uh, grandpa comb over going on. Um, but he has been helped uh, greatly by DDP uh, to get all cleaned up. So hopefully, the best for Buff in the future. Sixteen years ago, July second, two thousand and five, RVD and Sabu were pulled over by police for speeding, and they found some party supplies in the car and were arrested and posted bond. RVD is the WW was sorry the WWE champion at the time and the ECW champ. So uh, we'll continue, of course, what happened with that later. Eight years ago, July 2nd, 2014, Tennille Dashwood, best known to WWE and NXT fans as Emma, was fired, then rehired. This was this all came about as she allegedly shoplifted an iPad case from Walmart. After WWE announced the release of Emma, fans pointed out that the other WWE superstars, Cameron and Jack Swagger, had recent DUIs and were not fired, so the WWE reinstated Emma. Very nice of them to do so. I yeah. believe she's working with Impact Wrestling still, and she recently uh, popped up online as being the new uh, girlfriend of Madcap Moss. Oh. 31 years ago, July 3rd, 1991, in East Rutherford, New Jersey, WCW held its first event since Ric Flair was fired from the company. An announcement by Gary Capetta to the crowd of Flair being stripped of the belt drew lots of boos. In the evening's main event that night, Al Giante, Lex Luger, Sting, and the Yellow Dog defeated Barry Windham, Kevin Sullivan, Nikita Koloff, and One Man Gang in a War Games match. 28 years ago, July 3rd, 1994, on a WWF Superstars taping in Ocean City, Maryland, Brett the Hitman Hart defeated Bob Backlund to retain the WWF Championship. After the match, Backlund shook Brett Hart's hand, then attacked him, applying the cross-face uh, cross chicken wing on Hart. He went berserk. It took several referees to peel Backlund off. Uh, Bob Backlund turned heel. This was long before Hogan went bad. Backlund did it first, and he was damn good at it. Very good at it. Uh, crazy old man. Crazy old man. Yeah, I did. I never liked his, his stature, the way that he kind of walked all weird, and uh, it, his, his craziness was a little 
too far-fetched sometimes, but his in-ring skills and that night, just the looks on it on his face and that, he did. He looked like a guy that just lost his friggin', friggin head, and uh, uh, I think he did it quite wonderful, and it gave Bret Hart, I think, a really good a competitor to kind of solidify Bret Hart as a champion. Yeah, because they uh, both are technical wrestlers. The odd thing that I was going to say is I, we just called him a crazy old man. Meanwhile, I think he was in his mid-40s, so our age, when that happened. And you got guys like Jericho and all them wrestling at the age of 50 and 52 and uh, Sting at, in his early 60s, somehow pulling it off. And we considered Bob Backlund an old man yeah, just a moment yeah. ago at, in his mid-40s. Again, and, and he was one of, maybe not the first, but one of the first of our gener uh, the generation before we really watched that came back and showed that, uh, you know, they can can still so put good. on a good uh, match at, at that age. Uh, do, 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 do. 13 years ago, July 3rd, 2009, in San Diego, California, Edge suffers a serious ankle injuries during a match with Jeff Hardy. It turned out to be a torn Achilles tendon. Uh, the Big Show replaced Edge as a tag team champ with Jericho. And after this page, I will turn it over to Sean. 32 years ago, July 4th, 1990, Ed Leslie takes a knee to the face. Poor Brutus, the barber beefcake, suffered a serious facial injuries. Um, and this was out in the ocean, this happened. Of course, not right, right out in the ocean, but near the edge. Uh, that took eight steel plates, more than 40 screws, and 100 plus staples to repair his face. He was in the direct line of someone doing pier sailing at the beach. Uh, B. Brian uh, Blair is credited for saving Brutus's life. Uh, Brutus would miss his WWIC run um, that uh, he missed that year, SummerSlam, where it was planned for him to win. 29 years ago, July 4th, 1993, aboard the USS Intrepid in New York City, Lex Luger would be the first in the WWF to body slam the 500-pound WWF champion Yokozuna. This was the beginning of the all-American babyface Luger that would lead to the Lex Express and SummerSlam big match between the two. And a lot of that stuff you can catch free, completely free on YouTube um, as um, someone has put together some, some nice packages of those SummerSlam specials and whatnot of years ago. Yeah, and that uh, Stars and Stripes challenge. It had uh, football players trying to uh, lift Yoko. They had, uh, I think, a couple hockey players did. The tarmac on the Intrepid was so blazing hot that people could barely uh, stand on it. And then they flew in uh, Lex and basically made him the next uh, Hulk Hogan. He shunned uh, Bobby Heenan, who tried to stop him. And then he ended up uh, doing what Bobby Heenan called a hip toss to uh, Yoko Zuna and uh, made the uh, slam. But he did one thing that the others didn't because everybody else just stood there and let and tried to lift him. And in this case, they came to blows and Yoko came charging at him to get momentum for that lift. But yeah, it's a shame that somehow Lex ended up losing the confidence of the office and it went downhill and for whatever reason he never got the title you would uh, have assumed at SummerSlam 93 in Auburn Hills 
And that bus tour was all for naught. And hey, I, I've come closer to tracking down an actual illegal Lex Express bus um, display. Excellent. Well, carrying on, 17 years ago, on July 4th, 2005, on Raw from Sacramento, California, Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels defeated Kurt Angle and Carlito. After the match, Michaels would turn heel and sweet chin music the Hulkster. Ten years ago, on July 5th, 2012, Kenny King made his TNA debut in an attempt to rebuild the X Division. However, King, at the time, was one half of the tag team champions in Ring of Honor. ROH was not happy with King's appearance, and he would be fired. 29 years ago, on July 6, 1993, WWF held Superstars of Wrestling taping, and it had the debuts of Ludwig Borga, a guy who I thought was really cool as far as the heel went, but, you know, I guess in real life he had a swastika uh, tattooed on to him and wasn't that great of a man. Didn't last long. The Quebecers... Jacques Rougeau and Pierre, who we now know as PCO, and the team of Well Done. They all debuted on the episodes of Superstars. 24 years ago, on July 6, 1998, WCW presented Monday Nitro from the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. uh, 41,412 fans were in attendance with only 30,000 tickets sold. The Nitro would score the ratings win for Nitro for the first time in nine weeks, moving the scheduled dark match of Hogan versus Goldberg to the main event of the episode was the ratings win, but cost WCW a lot of money not having it as a main event for a pay-per-view. This is a match that they definitely should have done more as a have it where it didn't last very long and it ended completely in a DQ or something so that it it wasn't really, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the WWF used to do, they do teasers and stuff like that where the guys would, you know, it would, the match wouldn't be official. Something like that I think would have been much better for them to do. Yeah, it was definitely a hot shot angle um, at the Georgia Dome, but it should have been advertised or did, even if it was going to be on free TV, they should have built it up instead uh, I think Thursday on Nitro, uh, on Thunder, they announced it, and a couple days later, here you go. Uh, it was zero build to get there. The only build that was existing was the fact that Hogan was a heel and Goldberg was on his undefeated streak, but there was no blood, bad blood or any reasoning for them to encounter each other that night. And our final headline... July 7th, 1996, saw the birth of the NWO. The Outsiders, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, and their mystery partner fought Team WCW, consisting of Randy Savage, Sting, and Lex Luger, to a no contest. Near the end of the match, Hogan would come out to seemingly help WCW, as I believe Lex Luger had been taken out uh, of the match, and so it was almost a regular tag team at the time. And, of course, got... One of the best heel turns in history. Then uh, we'd have Mean Gene interview Hogan in the center of the ring. Hogan would spit on the WCW and his Hulkamaniacs and declare themselves the New World Order. Or, well, he did say the New uh, World Organization of Wrestling at first. 
Uh, this heel turn would change the course of the Monday Night Wars. Tony Schiavone ended the show saying, all right, we've seen the end of Hulkamania. For Bobby Heenan, for Dusty Rhodes, for me, Gene Orkland, I don't know. I'm Tony Schiavone, and Hulk Hogan, you can go to hell. We're out of here, straight to hell. Now, the other thing that uh, I noticed as I was reading that part, the what was missing was the fact that Hogan came to the rescue, and they, Dusty was all happy about it, but Bobby slipped, and they say Bobby didn't know about it, and it kind of fits considering Bobby hated Hogan, but he did slip and say, but whose side is he on? So, oops. If yeah, he they tried to recover, but... Yeah, but still, it was a shock, and the fans in attendance didn't know about it either, so... Mind you, that wasn't out of character for Heenan to say something like that, because he'd done that before, and of course, Grilla would always tell him to stop it or whatever. Yeah, plus, while his hatred for Hulkamania over the years yeah. kind of would put it out there instead of him being happy that Hogan's there and that. So it did kind of slip through, but at the same time, people were like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> but they claim he didn't know. So we'll have to agree on that one because the only people who would know are basically Bischoff and Hogan and the Outsiders probably because Bobby Heenan isn't uh, saying anything now. Neither is Dusty. Nope. Unfortunately. Yep. Moving on to some deaths. All right. July 3rd, 1994 would also be the last uh, Joey Morella. Sorry, would be the last day that Joey Morella would uh, ref. Uh, he would die in a fatal auto accident following the taping on July 4th. His last match refed was between the 123 Kid and Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Joey was the adopted son of wrestling legend Gorilla Monsoon. He made his debut uh, in 1983. He was the ref for both Hogan and Andre matches at WrestleMania 3 and 4. He was traveling with Harvey Wimpleman on the night of the accident, but he was not wearing a seatbelt at the time. Joey was only 31 years old. And the other death is 32 uh, years ago, July 4th, 1990, Keith Frank, uh, uh, with an E, uh, a.k.a. Adorable Adonis, uh, Adrian Adonis, uh, is one of three people killed in a single car accident in Louisport, Newfoundland, Canada, after the car of four people went into a lake after avoiding a moose. Uh, the driver who claimed to be blinded by the sun was the only survivor. The driver's brother was one of the dead. Uh, a, at the age of 33, um, uh, Donis would be survived by his wife and two daughters. And as far as being adorable, if you look at his career before then, uh, he actually looked more like a biker and more threatening kind of looking, even though there, yeah, he doesn't look it's most threatening, but uh, that character was a lot different than his more flamboyant look because he was part of i can't remember who he tagged with but they were champions the east west connection there. with uh jesse bobby ventura there you go and then he hooked up with jimmy hurt and opened the flower shop and the rest is history on that one all right sean the birthdays are yours yeah looking at some of the birthdays july 1st it is a happy 40th birthday to carmela Danielle Garcia, also known as uh, 
Carmela De Caesar. She, you may remember her as the 2004 Playboy Playmate of the Year, or the first runner-up to Chrissy Hemi for the Raw Diva Search competition. She would not last long in the WWE and would marry NFL quarterback Jeff Garcia. July 1st is also happy 55th birthday to Canadian-born Pamela Denise Anderson. Interestingly enough, Pamela is Canadian's centennial baby, or Canada's centennial baby. Hmm. She was the first baby born on the 100th anniversary of our country's founding. And she accompanied uh, Diesel to the ring at WrestleMania 11, even though she was supposed to accompany Shawn Michaels as the prize for winning the Royal Rumble prior to that. July 1st, Tom McGee turns 64. On July 1st, Joey Maggs turns 53, and our superstar spotlight for July 2nd, turning 65 years old, Brett the Hitman Hart. Quickly looking at our uh, two graphics that we have here, Brett Hart is born July 2nd, 1957, turning 65, from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, debuted in 1976, retired in 2000. He was trained by his dad, Stu Hart, along with uh, a couple of gentlemen from Japan that I cannot uh, pronounce, and I don't want to disrespect them for, for editing their, butchering their names. He worked for Stampede Wrestling, WWE, and WCW. His family includes parents, Stu and Helen Hart, brothers of Owen, Ross, Keith, Bruce, Smith, Dean, and others. His sisters are Ellie, Georgia, Diana, and Allison, who end up marrying wrestlers in themselves. Brother-in-laws are Davy Boy Smith and Jim the Anvil Nineheart. A niece in Natalia and nephews Harry Smith and TJ Wilson and Teddy Hart. And distant cousin of Rowdy Roddy Piper. He was inducted into the Cauliflower Alley Club Iron uh, Mike Award in 2008, the Canadian Wrestling Hall of Fame, the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame and Museum in 2008, Stampede Wrestling Hall of Fame, and WD Hall of Fame in 2006 as a solo uh, entry, and then just recently in 2019 as part of the Hart Foundation, where his niece Natalia accepted on behalf of her father, Jim Neinhart. He's a five-time Stampede International Tag Team Champion, three-time Stampede Commonwealth Mid-Heavyweight Champion, six-time Stampede North American Champion, two-time WCW World uh, Champion, four-time WCW United States Champion, one-time WCW World Tag Team Champion, five-time WWE uh, Champion, or WWF at the time uh, when that happened, one-time WWE United States Champion, and that was after his stroke, two-time WWF Intercontinental Champion, two-time WWF World Tag Team Champion with Jimmy the Elmer Lionheart, a King of the Ring winner in 1991 when it wasn't a pay-per-view, and in 1993 when it was the original pay-per-view, and sort of a makeup for the fact that he had to drop the title at WrestleMania 9, and what was subsequently going to be no uh, title match at SummerSlam that year. And 1984 WWF Royal Rumble co-winner with Lex Luger. A couple other highlights include he uh, started started off as a referee in Stampede Wrestling, was the victim of the uh, Montreal Screwjob, double turn at WrestleMania 13 with Steve Austin, career-ending uh, kick to the head from Bill Goldberg, which he still kind of holds a grudge, obviously, to Goldberg, 
best-selling autobiography book, part owner of the WHL Calgary Hitmen, which is the jersey he's wearing and I'm currently wearing. Uh, they had a special uh, charity uh, sale of them and money was going, I believe, to cancer research. Uh, had War of Words with Ric Flair, and he had a stroke while riding his bike. The War of Words with Ric Flair is obviously over with because he was at ringside for Ric Flair's final match this past weekend and part of StarCast uh, talking about his match with uh, Davey Boy Smith at uh, SummerSlam 92. Some of the, the fan-voted accolades that he received, PWI Comeback of the Year in 97, Feud of the Year for PWI in 93 against Lawler, Feud of the Year in 94 uh, against his brother Owen, Match of the Year, the SummerSlam match in 1992 with Bulldog, PWI Match of the Year in 96 at WrestleMania 12 against Shawn Michaels, Match of the Year in 97 at WrestleMania with Steve Austin. He then ended up turning heel and getting the most hated uh, award for PWI in 97, PWI Most Inspirational in 94, number one in PWI 500 in 1993 and 94. Good old Dave Meltzer and his uh, writings have him at the Best Wrestling Book in 2007, Best Wrestling DVD 2006, entitled Best There Is, Best Was, Best There Ever Will Be, the best DVD in 2011, The Greatest Rivalries with Sean and Brett. Feud of the Year in 93 against Lawler. Match of the Year in 97 against Austin at WrestleMania. Feud of the Year in 97 with the Hart Foundation against Steve Austin. And, of course, Dave inducted him into the uh, Hall of Fame in 96. So, huge uh, career for Bret Hart and... Still going strong. I personally still think that the uh, Montreal Screwjob was a work because he, so many people benefited from it, except for they were right. WCW didn't know what to do with him. But he didn't have control over that part of things. Your thoughts on Bret Hart before we move on? Um, a great wrestler. Was never a huge fan of his, but... Um... For the most part, Bret, Bret Hart match is uh, golden. Just good, solid wrestling. Uh, and a guy that, especially you look back at now, how hard he would throw himself into the turnbuckles, certain things he did. He just made it look so much better than a lot of guys that wrestle in the last 10, 20 years where it doesn't look as real as what he made it look like. And he had a knack for uh, making people look good. Um, amazing uh, match, even with him and uh, Hennig at SummerSlam. And I believe, I re and this is one of the reasons why I uh, feel that the Screwjob was kind of a setup as well, because Brett also said that he liked to work the boys. And the less people who knew about that whole thing uh, made it a work. And it was just the whole thing with WCW not doing him the justice that could have happened had he been treated better. And unfortunately, he got the short end of the stick on that whole thing. But when he had his uh, stroke after his bike accident, Vince McMahon was one of the first people to talk to him. When Owen tragically died, 
Vince and him talked privately in a park. You know, for somebody who got screwed over and still totes about it so much today about it, in even though he's forgiven, you know, it, you believe it enough that it becomes real in a way. All right. And so he lived it. And so he's carrying that as gospel that it did happen, even though I've, as I said, I think it's work. That's another debate for another time. But let's go back to some more birthdays. All right. Uh, July 2nd, it's a happy 49th birthday to Scott Ronald Garland, a.k.a. the Worm Master, Scotty Tuhati. Uh, July 2nd, Amy Weber uh, turns 52. Also on the 2nd, it's a happy 58th birthday to former WCW and current WWE referee Charles Shane Robinson. I believe he's still there, yes? Yes, he is. Little Nate. Little Nate, yes. I uh, call this because, of course, he looks a little bit like Ric Flair. And he started refereeing in 1995 and joined WCW in 99. I thought he was uh, refereeing before that. That's what I thought, too, but uh, not according to good old Google. Uh, July 2nd, it's a happy 60th birthday for uh, Amin Elbreach. Hey, you know him as Baracus. Uh, The German-born bodybuilder was the 1990 Mr. Universe and a top 10 finisher in the 1991 Mr. Olympia and Arnold Classic. Uh, He would sign with the WWF and train alongside Mark Henry, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, He would wrestle some matches for USWA and ECW. Uh, Moving on, July 3rd would have been the 57th birthday of Japanese wrestling legend Shinya Hashimoto. Uh, Also on the 3rd, Joey Janela turns 33. Rufus R. Jones turns 89. Uh, and also, Johnny Swinger was born in 1975. He celebrated his 47th birthday. Yeah, uh, that kind of surprised me, though, going back to uh, Rufus R. Jones. That not necessarily his career, but do you know who he's related to? Uh, oh, God, I, I'm trying to think. Isn't that, um, I, God, part of me wants to say the Slickster. It is the father of Slick. I did not know that Slick was a second-generation entry into the world of wrestling. And to find out that Jones was uh, Slick's dad was like, wow, that's kind of cool. Well, that's what's fun about going through the history is no matter how much you think you know about wrestling, there's always a few things in here. Like, Sean, we all know he knows tons about wrestling. uh, But there's the odd thing that, yeah, you go, wow, Uh, big events. Yeah. I'll start it off, and then at the end of this page, uh, Sean, if you don't mind. Sure. Ten years ago, July 3rd, 2012, WWE presented the Great American Bash on a live episode of SmackDown from Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, Layla and the Great Cali defeated Aksana and Antonio Zazero. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Sergeant Slaughter, and Santino Morella defeated Unico, uh, Unico Camacho and Drew McIntyre. And Zack Ryder won a 20-man over-the-top battle royal to earn general manager duties for the following week's SmackDown taping. 34 years ago, July 4th, 1988, in Atlanta, Georgia, 
uh, JCP presented the Great American Bash. Uh, the debut of the War Games would take place. It was created by Dusty Rhodes and inspired perhaps by Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Uh, War Games is two rings side by side and a cage that encloses the ring. Uh, two teams uh, of four or five would have a multi-period match that would only end when all the participants are in the ring and someone submits. Uh, rules would be altered over the years. Uh, there are no pinfalls, countouts, or disqualifications in the bout. Uh, the main event for that one was the Superpowers, the Road Warriors, Animal and Hawk, Nikita Koloff, Dusty Rhodes, and Paul Ellering, defeating the Four Horsemen, uh, being Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Lex Luger, Tully Blanchard, and J.J. Dillon. And uh, the War Games, I will say, NXT, when they took on War Games, I think they've done a beautiful job and kind of helped um, uh, not, uh, not rebirth it, but uh, uh, kind of put a shot of life in it. And I really like how they closed that middle part of the ring and made it look more dangerous. Yeah, I just I which don't was probably they, actually safer for the wrestlers than the way it was before. Yeah, I don't think they have a roof on theirs. And uh, now, of course, uh, AEW does blood and guts, and it has a roof on it. And of course, they have to toss somebody off the top of the cage each time they've done it, and it's yeah. horrible. Especially the first time they did it with Jericho going off the side. This last time, uh, Guevara went over, but yeah, it's just yeah. Meh. At a certain point, you don't have to do it because it's been done. Yeah. Seven years ago, July fourth, two thousand and fifteen, WWE presented the Beast in the East from uh, Sumo Hall in Tokyo, Japan. This is believed to be the first aired live show from Japan for the WWE. 20 years ago, July 5th, 2002, AAA presented Triple Mania X from Mexico. One luchador was unmasked during that one, Mascara Megalina, and two heads got shaved that night as Menico and Referee Al Tarantes. Interesting. Yeah, that... Uh, he, sorry, go ahead. That Beast in the East uh, show, I remember being up at my uh, in-law's house at like... 5.30 in the morning to watch it or something like that. It was a decent show, but, you know, it was just really early uh, in Canada to uh, catch a live show from Japan. And finally, for, from me, seven years ago, July 5th, 2015, New Japan Pro Wrestling presented Dominion 7.5 from Osaka Castle Hall in Osaka, Japan. Yeah, and then on... Uh, July 6, 1998, 24 years ago, WF presented In Your House 16, Canadian Stampede, from the Saddle Dome in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. This was the last two-hour In Your House that would air, and they would add an extra hour to the shows going forward. It was voted the best card in 1997 by Dave Meltzer. The May event saw Davey Boy Smith and Brian Pillman uh, defeat well, it was a lot more than that. The whole uh, Heart Foundation, shall I say, uh, defeated Team USA, Steve Austin, Ken Shamrock, Goldust, and the Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal. The ring then loaded up with everybody with a last name or connection to the hearts uh, in attendance. They helped Stu in there. Little Oge was waving a Canadian flag and everything. Um, Natalia was there. TJ and uh harry they all got into the ring 
at the end of that event. 23 years ago, I mean, sorry, 32 years ago on July 7th, 1990, WCW presented the Great American Bash. This was the last Great American Bash under the NWA banner. And finally, our last event for this one was 26 years ago on July 7th, 1996, WCW presented Bash at the Beach 96. And that's the infamous turn of Hogan with the NWO creation. Go to hell, Hogan. Straight to hell. Some title changes. 38 years ago on July 1st, 1984, in Atlanta, Georgia, Ron Garvin defeated Jake Snake Roberts to win the NWA World Television Championship. And actually, that one is this one. 19 years ago on July 1st, 2003, a SmackDown taping in Rochester, New York, Team Angle, Shelton Benjamin, and Charlie Haas defeated Eddie Guerrero and Tajiri to win the WWE uh, Tag Team Championship. 19 years ago on July 2nd, 2003, a SmackDown taping in Boston, Edge and Hulk Hogan defeated Chuck and Billy to win the WWE Tag Team Championship. This would be the first time Edge wins the tag belts with someone other than Christian as a partner. As for Hogan, it was his first and only tag team title win in his four-decade career. Couldn't even win one with Beefcake. Fifteen years ago on July 2nd, 2007, from Dallas, Texas, Umaga defeated Santino Morella to win the WWE Intercontinental Championship. 36 years ago, on July 3rd, 1986, Velvet McIntyre defeated the Fabulous Moolah in Australia to win the WWF Women's Championship and would hold it for an astonishing six days as she'd cough the belt back up to Moolah later on. 21 years ago, on July 3rd, 2001, at SmackDown taping in Tacoma, Washington, Billy Kidman defeated Sugar Shane Helms to win the WWF Cruiserweight Championship. This would mark the first time a WCW Championship would change hands on a WWF program. 20 years ago on July 3rd, 2002, at an NWA TNA weekly taping in Nashville, Tennessee, AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn defeated the Rainbow Express, Lenny and Bruce, to win the NWA World Tag Team Championships. 16 years ago on July 3rd, 2006, RBD continued his bad week. That night on Raw, he would lose his WWE Championship in a triple threat match back to John Cena. Story to continue. 12 years ago on July 3rd, 2010, at UFC 116 in Las Vegas, Nevada, Brock Lesnar defeated Sean, I mean Shane Kerwin by submission in the second round to become the undisputed UFC heavyweight champion. Tagging out. 36 years ago, July 4th, 1986, in Dallas, Texas, Chris Adams defeated Rick Rude to win the World Class Championship or Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship. 22 years ago, July 4th, 2000, at a SmackDown taping, Val Venus defeated Rikishi to win the WWF Intercontinental Championship. 
16 years ago, ago July 4th, 2006, on ECW on Sci-Fi from Philly, The Big Show defeated Rob Van Dam in an extreme rules match to win the ECW World Championship. After all that, RVD was suspended for a month and never got back to where he was. Post-incident, um, Big Show would be the only person to hold the WWF, WCW, and ECW World Championships. Yeah, I can only imagine where ECW, WD style would have been had RVD not gotten pulled over. Uh, I think that totally ruined the momentum that they had because they were going to, I think, try and present it like the old ECW because it was inspired by those one night uh, stand shows and they were going to go that style. But then when he got pulled over and the fact that they are a publicly traded company, they had to flush all those plans down the toilet. And then, yeah, we saw what there happened with the December pay-per-view that they did. And yeah, it just was a train wreck after that. Agreed. July 4th, 2015, Finn Balor defeated Kevin Owens to win the NXT championship. 107 years ago, July 5th, 1895, in Ohama, Nebraska, Joe Stretcher defeated Charlie Cutler to win the World Heavyweight Championship. 30 years ago, July 5th, 1992, in Atlanta, Georgia, the Miracle Violence Connection, Terry Gordy and Steve Williams, defeated the Steiner Brothers to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. And Brad, Brad Armstrong defeated Scotty Flamingo to win the WCW Light Heavyweight Championship. Armstrong would be the last lightweight heavyweight champ as he was stripped of the title due to a knee injury and the title was abandoned just under a year after its creation. July 5th, 1999, Scott Steiner is stripped of the WCW US title and it's given to David Flair. 13 years ago, July 5th, 2009, in Tokyo, Japan, Apollo 55, which consisted of Ryuzuki Taguchi and Prince DeWitt, defeated the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Belts. On July 5th, 2015, Kashida defeated Kenny Omega to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. And Bullet Club Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson defeated the Kingdom, consisting of Matt Tavin and Michael Bennett, to win the IWGP Tag Team Belts. And Okada defeated AJ Styles to win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. 38 years ago, July 6, 1984, in Baltimore, Tito Santana defeated Greg Valentine in a steel cage match to win the WWF Intercontinental Championship and was the first title change in a WWF steel cage. Mm -hmm. July 6, 1985, Dusty Rhodes defeated Telly Blanchard in a steel cage match to win the NWA World Television Championship. With the win, Rhodes gained the services of Baby Doll for 30 days. July 6, 1998, Goldberg defeated Hollywood Hogan to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. And of course, that was at the Nitro pre-mentioned earlier in the show. 
18 years ago, July 6, 2004, at a SmackDown taping in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Billy Kidman and Paul Lennon defeated the Deadly Boys to win the WWE Tag Team Championship. John yeah. Cena was stripped of the WWE US Championship by GM Kurt Angle after Cena attacked him and Luther Reigns. Yeah, that team of uh, London and uh, Kidman did not like each other, so they didn't last long as a team. Bummer. 44 years ago, July 7th, 1978, in Canada, Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel defeated Blackjack Lanza and Bobby Duncan to win the AWA World Tag Team Belts. July 7th, I saw in 1990, Sting defeat Ric Flair to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And in 1996, on July 7th, Ric Flair defeated Conan to win the WCW United States Championship. And before the Monday Night War, uh, 19 years ago, July 7, 2003, on Raw from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, Booker T defeated Christian to win the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, we haven't looked at the Monday Night Wars uh, for a little while, but uh, there was a little bit of significance in this uh, one that I picked from uh, July 5, 1999. So 23 years ago, they presented Nitro. And in the show's main event, WCW World Heavyweight Champion Kevin Nash defeated Sid Vicious by disqualification. Also, Scott Steiner was stripped of the WCW title, and we mentioned that it was given to David Flair. Goldberg returned, and that was uh, this was the last wrestling event at the Georgia Dome until WrestleMania 27. Attendance at the Dome was about 25,000, with only 19,000 paying. The show also featured... A performance by Megadeth. But Nitro was no match for Raw, even though they had that sort of stacked card. Raw got a 6.2 to a 3.3 uh, rating uh, for Nitro. And Raw had The Rock defeat Triple H in a steel cage match, and the Hardy Boys uh, win their first WF tag team title. So, yeah. No matter what card, you were watching, but, it was hot. Yeah. But it was a significant uh, thing where they stacked their card but still couldn't pull anything off. And like I said, was the last uh, card for them in the Georgia Dome, which was kind of a home for WCW. Looking at uh, wrapping up some birthdays, though, uh, July 4th, Sid Vicious, or Sid Udi, turned 62. Uh, July 4th is the uh, 62nd birthday of former horseman Barry uh, Clinton Wyndham. He is the son of Blackjack Wyndham, former WF tag team uh, belt holder with his brother-in-law, Mike Rotunda, which they were the actual ones to have the uh, Real American as their theme song. Uh, so, as I said, he turned 62, born in Sweetwater, Texas. Uh, Blackjack Mulligan... And Harley Race trained him. He debuted in 1979 and retired finally in 2010. He worked for the AWA, NWA, JCP, WWF, and WCW. He was also known as Dirty Yellow Dog, Blackjack Mulligan Jr., The Widowmaker, The Lone Wolf, The Stalker, and Blackjack Wyndham, teaming with uh, JBL at the time. 
His family ties include father, Blackjack Mulligan, his brother, Ken, Kendall Wyndham, brother-in-law, Mike Rotunda, and nephews, Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas. He was the Rookie of the Year for Wrestling Observer Newsletter in 1980, the Match of the Year in 96 uh, versus Ric Flair, and was inducted into WWE Hall of Fame in 2012 as part of the Four Horsemen. He's a one-time NWA North American champion for the WWF, the two-time WWF Tag Team Champion, one-time NWA World uh, Champion, one-time WCW TV Champion, one-time NWA Western States Champion, one-time United States uh, Champion, one-time NWA World Tag Team Champion, one-time NWA U.S. Tag Team Champion, four-time NWA WCW World Tag Team Champion, and in total for his career, 38 championships uh, from around the world. So great superstar. Yeah, uh, definitely an old school uh, mentality and presentation. Um, when the NWA was reborn in WWF uh, briefly, uh, he was picked to go against Jeff Jarrett for the North American cha- Championship. And as Jim Cornette announced it was going to be an actual wrestling match, not a sports entertainment match. So he was known to be able to do those sort of matches. July 4th, Abraham Washington, who didn't last long in WWE, turned 45. July 5th, Hillbilly Jim, who's probably still making his speech uh, in his mind for his Hall of Fame, turned 70. One half of the Nasty Boys, Jerry Sags, turned 58. J.C. Ice, part of the uh, PG-13 tag team, he turned 41, you know, sorry, 51. And July 7th, Adam Cole, baby, turned 33. Vincent J. McMahon, Vince McMahon's father, would have turned 107 had he been with us today. Lars Sullivan turned 34 on July 6th. And our final birthday, July 7th, Richie Steamboat, son of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, turned 35. And longtime fans would recognize Richie Steamboat as being carried to the ring a few times by his dad, with his mother at ringside, to battle Ric Flair. Unfortunately, his career didn't last long because he is out due to, uh, I believe, back injury as well. Well, I will say uh, in closing that uh, I do believe that the Hillbilly Gym should get into, even if it's the legacy wing, uh, Hillbilly Gym, yeah, he might have not have been the greatest wrestler, but he looked the part, he acted the part, he was a fan favorite, uh, he was one of my favorites growing up, um, and he just seems like a very nice, a nice gentleman. Well, he is in the Hall of Fame. They just had to cut oh, he him is. short. Oh. His speech just kept on going and going. Oh, well, then I missed, I missed that. Yeah. He had a very long speech. But, yes, uh, being Harley Davidson uh, being discovered by uh, Hulk Hogan and being brought in uh, as the Hillbillies and then the extended family with Uncle Elmer and all them, yeah, can't go wrong. And then he got put with the Godwins for a while. 
and he had worked for years behind the scenes for uh, WD uh, in their DVD divisions, I believe, and stuff like that. So a long career for him. He had a great entrance, I'll, I'll say that for sure. Of course, This Week in Wrestling History is compiled from the vast land of Google, Wikipedia, CageSideSeats.com, and as always, from fans just like you and journalists that had front row seats to history. And as always, a special thanks to our sponsors, CoolBet, uh, CoolBet.com and sports bulk betting in casino games. Stay cool, bet responsibly, and... By Hammerlock Pure Wrestling, bringing back the golden age of pro wrestling. It's wrestling for all ages, family friendly. We come to small towns and you'll enjoy it. Tickets are always $20 and we do have family packages available. Check out hammerlockpurewrestling.com for more details and for our event calendar, including Elmer on August 20th, St. Thomas on October 23rd, and Strathroy for a big matinee Halloween show on October 30th. So thank you for joining us and we will see you all again next week. Jonesy's typing frantically, I think. Oh no, that was, sorry. I, I that was uh, someone's birthday. That is today. Uh, the former mayor of uh, St. Thomas, Heather Jackson, who I also worked with at family show. Okay. I wasn't sure if there was a message coming that he might. Oh yeah. I know something. I was doing that. <laughs> so. But yes, thank you all for joining us. Uh, check us out on our uh, different platforms, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts from. YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, we are available visually. And uh, yeah, share this and we're going to catch up on everything and uh, change around some content. And there is going to be a Hammerlock podcast coming probably in the new year at the latest. So be on the lookout for that. And we'll see you down on the road or next week for more This Week in Wrestling History. Have a good one.